Welcome back to the game line. You know, of course, uh, we work in, uh, in association with Jack McGregor, James Brim, Harbrook, Kutsuka, Devlin, Jugo, Joe Payne, Lex Slavitt, and myself. And of course, as always, brought uh, in association with the Hunter's Dry. You know, it really does reflect like nothing on earth. Uh, he's doing us filthy. You know how these academics, uh, you know, you know how they chow. So uh, Joe's not joining us in the studio today. Um, but first of all, you know, to begin, we got to shout out uh, that Liverpool comeback win. You know, you know, three nil down that Champions League second leg. You know, comeback for three. What can I say? You know, where's your Messi now? Where's your Messi now? There's only one goal. Just need one goal. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's none of my business, you know. Uh, so for today's episode, we're going to try and make it shorter. Obviously, we're only going to do the, the review of the games. No preview, no predictions. You know, trying to, trying to cut it down. You know, people are busy. Um, so let's start with the first game of the week. The Sharks Crusaders draw. What is going on? Absolute madness. 21 all. I think you just have to attribute it to the outlandish first half defense from the Sharks. I think 9-7 at halftime, it was brilliant. And I think the discipline from the Crusaders was also pretty shaky. You know, they had an unhealthy amount of penalties for for like the Crusaders standard. And <laughs> I think when I give you this number, you have to realize Crusaders standard. So there's 13 penalties in the game. I mean, you know, and like for, for example, the Lions got to the finals last year, averaging 13 penalties a game. <laughs> but I think we're talking about the Crusaders here. You know, we're talking about uh, the real deal brass. Um, and I think, yeah, generally the Sharks and more defense, it was just brilliant. Like these uncles effectively stopped the Crusaders at set piece. And I think they did it two crucial times just before halftime, you know, before they went in and at 53 minutes. And to tell, you know, to tell you the truth, most brass can't just decide to stop the, the Crusaders set piece, you know. <laughs> like when the Crusaders are, you know, in your, in your five, you know, with the line out, I mean... A lot of the times they're going to put it, you know, they're going to put it down on you. So, shout out to the Sharks for that, you know. Big well done to them. Uh, just want to bring up, you know, this this Uncle Rob Dupree, man. I don't I don't know what's going on with this guy. He's doing some shaky things when he first came on. First comes on, drop the ball, you know. Then, next thing he does is a turnover. I'm like, this guy, how did he get you? How did he, and, you know, with his first drop, it's not like an immediate drop where... Touched your hands, forced it gone. He had it. Then it looked like he, he was drifting with the ball. I don't know. Maybe he's going to do a DSP. We don't know the game. Um, and then just drops the ball against the Crusaders, man. After you saw how well the Sharks were playing. And, you know, you know, I never, I, 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 I never have beef with Rodrigo Dupree. I'm sure he's a nice guy. You know, probably get some hunters to with him later. I don't know. But, I mean, you can't be doing that against the Crusaders. And I think this guy... You know, Ian Peters warned us about uh, about this Rob Dupree character. Huh? He's really he's really uh, starting to upset me. I do not enjoy seeing him on the field. He does not make me happy. He, he upsets me very much. You know, it's bad for my health. Bad for my health. And the thing that that that, that really interests me is that there was a once a point in time. There was a situation with we had Garth April, Innocent Khadebe, Lambie and Bosch all at the Sharks. They were all playing Super Rugby, but they were all you know. Case it in in Durban, living it up, doing things together. And now you have a situation where you have to bring Rob Dupria on the field against the Crusaders. I don't understand. How did we get to that point? You know, how did we end up there? Um, but I think, you know, talking about, you know, how the Sharks play, I think, you know, it's quite nice. Started taking the points, you know, particularly 67th minute, quite important. I think uh, Cohen Bosch saw, you know, Crusaders wanted to give away penalties. Okay, 
Bosch was like, hey, don't worry about it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm showing you. I mean, I think there were about, in the period of six minutes, like from the 60th minute, um, I think there were about three penalties in a row. And that's really when the Sharks were like, all right, we've got this. Um, obviously, Crusaders started working back a little bit. Um, and I think it got to the point where Spoon Gossi had that, that deep try saving tackle. I was like, ah, who's this guy? Who's this guy? You know, we questioned his high ball, um, you know, his high ball abilities, but it wasn't too much of an issue in this game. Uh, and I mean, his defense is always saucy. We never doubted that. We never doubted that. Uh, unfortunately, um, it, you know, it was an advantage of his tackle. So Crusaders went, uh, played the advantage. But one thing that upsets me, and look, I'm not a referee, you know, so you know, maybe I can step a bit back. But this uncle, this referee, he said, wait, off the tap and go. He said, wait, but then he let them keep playing. My guy, you have to stand up. You have to be like, wait and blow the whistle. Your word must be law. When you say wait, members must wait. You know, and obviously they scored off that, you know, a couple of phases later. But, you know, that's none of my business. You know, that's, uh, you know, maybe I should, uh, I'm not a ref, I'm not a chairman. Maybe I should get involved. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I think... I mean, those, it, it's a tight game. If the Crusaders just won, like, you know, as usual, I wouldn't have said anything, but tight game with the Sharks. Those little things, you know, they make a difference. Uh, one thing, you know, I didn't see, you know, last week we were hyping, I didn't see what Lukanya Am's going to do. I mean, we didn't really see him. Not that he played badly. I think it was just more, it was more story of the the the, 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 the Sharks forwards this time. I mean, the Dupree brothers, not Rob. The Dupree brothers, born and hard getting some chives in there. Um, and I think, you know, we can't really, you know, we can't really fault him on that. It was more, it was more their game today, which is nice to see, nice to see. Um, but we did give a bit of analysis, but it was quite interesting. You know, what my eyes saw is that it looked like a tight game, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But if you look at these numbers, the run meters were 423 run meters as opposed to the Sharks 116. Crusaders had 70, 70% possession and 74% territory. And then if you look at it, the Sharks made 135 tackles to the Crusaders' 55 tackles with percentage of 78 and 79 respectively. So now, if you look at that, now you start to realize, like, yo, these Sharks guys defended. And I've been a bra that's roasted Sharks defense. I mean, when they lost to the Jaguars, I was like, ah, who are these guys? But if you look at this, I'm like, okay, wow. Deepest, deepest chats. Um, but I think now I'm going to give you some more numbers. And this is with regards to the philosophy I have. With regards to how important your set pieces and how important goal kicking is, even in Super Rugby where it's just skip pass and DSP every day, no one likes to kick for poles. But look how important this is. The Crusaders had Crusaders had a 100% lineup record versus the Sharks 69%. Sharks kicked 78% with the Crusaders kicking 100%. So even though the Crusaders played a bit, a bit you know, a bit chat, these are the kind of things that got them over the line and got that draw. I mean, it really does make a difference. I just need Uncle to know it makes a difference. Um, but yeah, I really thought the Sharks could have done something special, you know, could have done something special. Um, but of course, you know, these uncles staying undefeated at home, um, not a win, but hey, it's not a loss. So yeah, it's exciting. Uh, where do you stand by? One thing I never understood is the term, um, what's it called? It's like kissing your sister, getting a draw is like kissing your sister. I was like, it's weird. Nah, it's not, I don't understand the correlation. But it turns out the reason it's called like kissing your sister is because when you, it doesn't feel like anything. You know what I mean? Um, kissing your sister is just like a, Mwah, you know, oh, yeah, what's up, what's up, chill. But <laughs> I forgot who they, who they were interviewing at the end of the game. They were like, um, 
he, he was like, I was like, ah, it's like kissing your sister, you know, you, you know, we'll take it, we'll take it whenever we can. And it maybe it, it seemed a little bit like he's, it's not the kind of kisses we're talking about, but you know, that's, that's beside the point. Let's move on to the next game. Sun Wolves versus the Reds, 26-32, you know, to the Reds. Uh, you know, last week, Joe and I promised not to watch this game and we both ended up watching it and it was not worth our time. Um, I think the difference in the Sunderland's games this week is that they made use of their set piece. And when they start making use of their set piece, you know, things change. Obviously, the Reds are nowhere near as good as the Highlanders, but at least we had a game, you know. And um, I think, you know, the, the, the Sunderland's even got a couple of scrum penalties, you know, and they got that one specific one with the man down. You know, I was like, okay, okay. But maybe that also has to do with the Reds not taking any of the advantages off that first yellow. It's like they didn't even try, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, at least when you get a, a yellow card, uh, you know, maybe you've been in a team where people, like, either you get points or maybe you start doing stupid things, you start throwing behind-the-back passes or skip passes and not being patient. But it's like they didn't even know that they had a yellow card. They just kept doing the same thing and it was pretty pretty lame to see, like, the game. The game was lame as well. Um, but I think after that time of second yellow, um, even though they managed it well for a while, it just, they, they couldn't hold out for long. Um, and that was besides the red mall, the reds mall being judged. Like, it's loose. It's like they don't practice it, you know. It's like the guys don't want to mall. You know, if you're going to mall, you have to do it properly. Um, yeah, no, but back to the Sunwolves reds. I mean, the Sunwolves, uh, the Sunwolves card. It was, I mean, it was so sad because after that second, that second, uh, what is it, Mesirawa, you know, after he's red, then the reds finally started getting a, uh, you know, started being like, okay, let's get some points on the board and took the lead um, and never looked back. Uh, one thing I, I, I want to bring up with regards to the, you know, the Reds is, is their lack of offloads. Like, I can understand a team that doesn't do offloads and stuff like that, but the way the Reds play, they play with specific runners, you know, Caribbean Dim boys, and there's only so few of them who really get over the advantage line, and they do it so well, so effectively, but then they don't offload. And I mean, sure, you can beat the Sun Wolves, but when you play a proper team, you know, when you play a legitimate team who wants to play rugby, you really need to get some offloads going because there's literally no point. They, it's like they wait until those strike runners come back and it just slows the game down and it's not not in favor of the Reds. But of course, you know, those, those clowns brought the game to disrepute. You know, it was tough to watch. I could have been doing other things. Could have been doing other things. Bit of a stop-start game, a lot of whistles. Oh, it wasn't nice. It wasn't nice, you know. And I, I should have gone to class actually. I, and I was watching my bed, banking. Uh, you know, uh, I could have you know gained something else, man. Should have gone, but um, yeah. I mean, there were like those two cards, five minutes left. Granted, Hooper did stand in that guy's face, like Oaksmith chill, like oh, come on, you know. And like, if you look at there, there were twenty-eight penalties in total in that whole game, which is crazy. Like, what is going on? I think. One of the teams at 17, I can't remember, but yeah, it just wasn't nice to see. It wasn't nice to see. Next game, Hurricanes versus the Rebels. 29-19 to the Hurricanes. Um, you know, first of all, you know, Lamape's uh, first try was hard F. You know, for me, I don't understand why teams keep kicking on the Highlanders, I mean the Hurricanes, without finding touch. Like, I mean, you don't even need to be... A sports analyst, you know, you don't have to watch game tape. If you just watch the five minutes highlights, you know, you know, on SA Rugby magazine, I think you could just see maybe, uh, you know, in a team that has, jo you, know, you know, the Barrett brothers, you know, and all these guys, 
maybe we shouldn't just kick. Maybe if we kick, we should find touch. Or maybe if we kick, we should have a contestable kick. Or at least have a proper chase line. You know, at least get a chase line going. But, you know, teams just kick all willy-nilly. And obviously things happen. People score tries. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I'm sure they're working on it. You know, it's none of my business. You know, I'm, I don't work for Super Rugby franchise. They're working on it. Interesting thing. I mean, Hurricanes, 26-0 at halftime. But in the second half, they just let the Rebels... They just let the Rebels get it you know, um, but I think it was a bit too much, the game was gone, and I think that comeback was allowed by the Rebels' set piece, you know, the Rebels started balling, their scrum was hot, their line-out was hot, they really just started performing well, but uh, you mustn't wait, you mustn't wait till the second half to do these things, um, but then on the other hand, the Canes only scoring three points in the second half, what's going on here, come on, this is super rugby, my guy, you know, um, yeah, it's quite interesting to see. Weird part, Quaid missed that kick for bonus points. <sighs> you know, I mean, it's hard to kick. It's hard to kick, you know, but uh, those things kind of change the game. Where's Hussein? Nice try for him, but he must have a DMC with his teammates. There weren't too many times where they're giving this guy hospital passes, you know, behind the try line and causing this guy trouble. He gets hit, getting tackled. And, you know, you know these are your homies, you know, you must, uh, you must treat them right. Another interesting talking point was, of course, the Rebels only gave away three penalties that game, which is deep. That's mind-blowing. I don't know. They play the game the right way. I know. To give away three penalties, that's actually absolutely crazy. But I think to just get an idea of how intense that, uh, that uh, Rebels' second-half performance was, is that at the end of the game, these uncles ended up with more territory, more possession, and more run meters. So... Now you start looking, okay, actually the Canes, they survived it pretty well. I mean, it's kind of like a, it's a Crusaders-esque, you know. People give you heat, but if you get certain things right, you play properly, you know, you can get away with the win. But I do expect better from the second, you know, the second best team in this competition. Hurricanes, it, was, it, it, was a, it wasn't a nice game for them. Looking at the Highlanders versus the Chiefs, 31-0 draw, another draw. Ah, Super Rugby's tight. A lot of boys don't know this. Super Rugby's tight. Um, well, first of all, I just have to shout out that um, Anton Leonard Brown balls every day. You know, every day. I, I actually don't understand it. People will come up to you and ask you how you are. People say the same things every day. Hey, how are you? Oh, how's school? Oh, what you up to? You know, but people never come up to me and be like, yo, Anton Leonard Brown balls every day. And that's the truth. You know, that's the truth. I mean, in church, it's like if you go to church and you don't pray. You go to church, you don't pray, it'd be weird. So why is it that people don't come up to me and tell me the truth that Anton Lina Brown pulls every day? But it's fine. Um, sad that it was the night early by that TMO. Uh, but obviously, stayed balling, stayed balling. Key point for me is that the Highlanders set piece was so dominant. Of course, got their first try, you know, off a good line You won his scoring, that very exciting. And um, But the Chiefs, by and large, you know, they survived the Highlanders' onslaught. Like, they did really well because the Highlanders... Just looked far better. They looked in charge. Um, I think what helped them survive is that the Chiefs cut down on this uh, this turnover nonsense that they like to do. You know, start of the season, they just turn the ball over and then let people score. Like, they didn't care. Um, and I think they did, a, you know, they did a lot better, you know, which is nice to see. Especially, you know, because they said piece was quite nice. And because they, you know, they, they're not that good of a team. You know, so you, you get excited when a team plays well. You know, I don't know if you people have ever had coaches that are like, um, I don't, uh, you know, 
And uh, I don't care about the score, it's about how you play, you know, which is <laughs> a little bit whack from my side, but I think you got to give uh, the Chiefs credit on that. You know, they're, they're playing better, man. It's getting better every day. It's nice to see. Um, you know, of course, shout out to Ben Smith for the try. You know, he's deep. My favorite player, nothing but love and respect. Uh, said that he's out for eight weeks. Wanted to cry. Probably not as much as uh, the All Blacks. Bit of a stress for them, but um, yeah, yeah, man, very sad to see. Um, I think that's when it starts to slip for the Highlanders, you know? After Ben Smith left, didn't look as nice, didn't look as nice for them. Uh, but that's probably because of my, my bias. Um, I mean, quite shout out to, you know, you know this, this Luke Jacobson guy scored a, scored a nice try, but it, it looked a bit forward, you know? And usually someone scores a forward pass, forward pass try, you, you don't mind it. But I think when you, when you draw the game, it's those kind of important things, but that's that's none of my business, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know why I brought that up. Um, yeah, I think Chiefs scoring off a lineout, you know, scoring off the set piece. I really love to see that off a traveling team. It's super nice, and I think what is it, the seventy ninth minute try, which is dope, you know. And they took the kick, you know, took the kick quickly. I mean, McKenzie always kicks it quick, but like, you know, it looked like they were ready to go. Like, yeah, let's get some points, let's win this game, uh, which is which is some nice energy from the Chiefs. I really love and respect that. Um, but ultimately, I would say that the Highlanders choked. Um, it might have been because Ben Smith came off, but I mean, yeah, you really have to close out, close out those kind of games against a struggling team. Uh, you know, to move on, for, uh, the Blues versus the Brumbies, 26-21 to the Brumbies. Uh, you know, the Brumbies said peace stays hot. And, you know, they look better than usual with ball in hand, and they look better defensively. Like, their defense was, you know, was very, very nice. Um... And I think they actually could have dropped more first-half points if they kicked for goals a bit more. But, I mean, it worked nonetheless. Um, yeah, they also made use of this intense rush defense. You know, which... it, I mean, the you know, those younger Blues players, they were struggling with it. I think Nandu was the only guy. Um, I think it's because of his experience. But you just saw him stand a bit deeper. And it's like, don't worry! Don't worry, I got this! Um, you know, and he'd also take it to the short side because of his depth and, you know, his work. He'd work his way around the around the rush defense. It was beautiful to see. You know, you can see this guy's been an all-black, you know, since, since, since. Um, and, I mean, I don't see that kind of game management from any South African centers. I don't think I could name one South African center in the past, you know, four years who's done something like that, um, which is, it was beautiful to see. Um, but disappointed in the Bulls, and uh, the Blues rather, twelve 0 up early, um, and yeah, they give away cards and a lot of penalties, and I think they cost themselves because the Brumbies lineup was good, the scrum was good. Um, I mean, you know, Tuanuka Wafe, what, what happened to the scrum, my guy? Talk to me, talk to me. Um, I mean, the Blues had the All Blacks in the scrums and it didn't work out. Um, yeah, I think a bit of a boring game. I mean, the the, the, the Brumbies structure, you know, they went to just use scrums and defended nicely. And in Super Rugby, you know, we want to see the DSPs every day. But, hey, a win is a win. A win is a win. Well done to the Brumbies. Of course, uh, Bulls versus the Waratahs. 28-31 to the Bulls. And I'll tell you guys, it's our season. It's our season. Classic Bulls game. Good kicking. Members took the points. And when they did run it... The fours like Sneeman, Koboka, you know, ball every day. They ran it hard. Ah, you know, it was it was so good. It was so nice to see. You know, Watanzima carried nicely. Like, what's going on here? I think Watanzima is, is 21, I think, you know. Uh, yeah, I think he's 21. He's just like me. 
uh, which is super, super cool to see. I was even happy with Ivan van Sale, you know, kicked a bit nicely. And you know when the Bulls kick nicely, things go nicely. Uh, Geland scored a banging try. Bulls scrum was good. Uh, and of course, shout out to Dwayne for Mule and that try. That try. Intercept try for Lana. Going on there, someone talked to me about that. Ran the field. I, I, I'm not sure. I forgot who it was. Someone come to defend it. You know, gets the hand off it, hops out the tackle. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And not only that, he used that try to drop ticket prices at Loftus. You know what I mean? People were voting for you know EFF ANCDA today. You should have voted for Dwayne for Mulin. That's a real. That's a real man of the people. Um, yeah. So to any of the Pretoria members, you know, you must go watch. You must go watch the members against the Crusaders. You know, it's a big game. Big game. Um, I think it's like the first game since 2017 or something ridiculous. Um, uh, another point, Dylan Sage, you know, defended very well, which is important um, because the Bulls weren't actually defending well as a whole and because Jesse Kuro was our best defender and, like, we needed someone who was going to defend as nicely and Dylan Sage was like, I don't want to cut this. Don't want, why are you doubting me? Why are you doubting me? I got this, which is always nice. Um, yeah, especially because, like, Andre's defense was shaky. I think with the uh, who's this, you know, who's this, uh, with Kurtley Beal's track. I mean, he's shifting too early. Even he, and and this guy shifted too early with whilst having numbers outside him. And then Kurtley Beal was like, okay, you know, <laughs> I, I I'm gonna do what I do. Um, yeah, which was I mean, a couple of weeks. Andre showed us something shaky. On the defensive side, but hey, <laughs> those points, those points, and how he manages the offense, I don't mind it. Uh, you can miss tackles. You know some, you know some guys are allowed to miss. You know we don't mind it. Uh, you know to move down to the last game of the week. First of all, uh, uh, always love a Jags win. You know, always nice to see. Always nice to see. Uh, you know those guys win at home. They always kill it at home. Um, but for me, one thing that. That really irked me about the Stormers. And you know, I'm, uh, I mean the Stormers, we're not homies. I don't like them. So maybe I have some bias here. I, I, it's fine, whatever. Take responsibility. But I'm watching this game and these Stormers uncles are not competing at the breakdown. And then the Jaguars are just running at them, running at them, running at them. Uh, you know, I was taking shots watching this game, going, ah, you know, making jokes, all these things. But, yeah, I was a bit inebriated. But from what I saw... Like, what's going on? And I'm also looking at the, for- the Stormers forwards pod. And it looks like they're playing these Heineke Mayer. Remember when Heineke Mayer was a box coach? And people would just run. No questions asked. Got Burger take crash ball whenever he felt like it. It kind of looks like... Yeah, it was just... The- these forward pods... Yeah, they, they just weren't there. One-off runners. You know... It's like they're trying to depend on their hardness. You know, these guys is... They- I mean, you'd have situations where... They... Pass like even Esbeth would call for the ball, but there'd be another forward standing in front of him, and then they'd pass like just in front of that guy to even Esbeth, like a skip pass. But then how's that guy on the inside of even Esbeth still to come and work and rack? You know what I mean? And it was just so easy for the Jaguars to defend. I mean they just look at they just look at even Esbeth and they know okay this uncle's getting the ball, and I mean. Sometimes, I mean, defending at Super Rugby level is hard, but I mean, if you're a professional rugby player, you know when people aren't doing anything special on the fence, you just put your shoulder into them and your defense works out. So, you know, this shark, this Stormers team, they have a lot to talk about. I think they've got a break coming up. Now they must, um, yeah, they must really sort something out. Their pods are so obvious and it stifled their quick ball and they shape fell apart so early. I mean, you see. I mean, you see at second and third phase, everything just messes up. 
and just goes, you know, just goes to Nyong's. Um, yeah, I mean, Jags also dropped 14 penalties. And the fact that you don't win, they, you know, the Stormers didn't really do much with it. It wasn't the one, hey. Um, they did get some points, but, I mean, with the team, when the Jaguars are playing like that, you should kind of get over them and, you know, beat them. Um, so, yeah, no, Stormers, sham of an organization. Uh, but obviously, shout out to Sanatla, you know, stay scoring chance. What's going on with this guy? What's going on, you know? Um, also, shout out, you know, I'm not, I'm not always roasting the, you know, the Stormers. They did score seven points when they had that yellow. I was like, okay, all right, no problem. Well done. But I don't like the Stormers. Hadeh, they had 69% line-out stat. That's probably why you guys lost. That's nuts. That's nuts. Um, but yeah, you know, in next episode, we're going to do some previews, going to do some match predictions. You know, exciting stuff. And also, uh, you know, let members know how you felt about the episode. Let members know. Thanks so much, members.